0: You're listening to Are You Happy Business Podcast on Captivate.
1: Hello, Patty. How are you? I'm good, Tom. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. So where are you joining us from?
0: I'm in Wisconsin right now.
1: Okay. In a a snowstorm. How about you? (laughs) I'm in Michigan and it's headed in our way.
0: (laughs) That's good.
1: Yes. Yep. Well, welcome to an Are You Happy podcast. I appreciate you joining us.
0: Absolutely.
1: I I do a lot of these podcasts, and it sure sounds like there's like a revolution of um, employers that are going to have to take care of their employees um, in certain ways.
0: Well, my uh, main topic is ESOP, so I would like to focus on that if you know what an
1: ESOP is. I sure do. I believe in them, too. I think that is very important. I think it's going to change the game for the future of business. Um, I know they've existed for a long time, but this is an ideal, uh, that's an ideal method in my opinion. Um, I'm very familiar with them. I wish more businesses were educated on them and the benefits of them. And yeah. You
0: are in the top 1%. (laughs) That's why I'm doing what I'm doing because I discovered that. Nobody really knows what the benefits are. We did our own and after we did our own, everybody that I talked to didn't know what the benefits were and I thought, this is my calling. I have to do this for corporate America. this is this is how i'm I'm going out, so to speak, is uh, with this. I've been a business owner for 33 years and uh, run businesses, bought businesses, sold businesses, but I would have to say this is my greatest venture. Because I do believe that the people that helped you build your business should be the ones that own the company in the end.
1: Yes. I, and, you know, it's funny. I, I just did an, a podcast earlier today. And it was this young gentleman out of Chicago. And we we got on the, the talk path of the older generation, some of the older generations that are um, at the point where they can, it's time for them to like walk out of their not walk away from their business, but like take it, take a step back. And I think that there's, um, there's a major gain that they would get from letting younger people in and trusting, letting them make mistakes, but trusting that they will they can take their business to the next level because what I feel like is somebody that's been running at the top for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. they don't know the pulse of the people at the bear on the streets, right? They don't know that pulse. And if you start putting people in place that know that pulse, they can start making things. They can work on efficiencies. They can work on customer retention. Um, Once you get them, they know what the customers want to see. And sometimes the owners don't see that. And um, I think it's I think it's very important that we work with all sorts of ways in, in um, bringing people in and celebrating their their um, creativity.
0: But you have to stay relevant. No matter what age you are, it, it, it is imperative to stay relevant. Or you will be out of business. And, and that's exactly what you're saying. If you do not let the young people in, you will not remain relevant.
2: Yes. Yes, I agree.
1: I agree. So let's, um, yeah, let's get started. I want to I know a little bit. So is Excel Legacy Group, is that, um, is that your business? It is. Wow. Okay. Tell and me a little bit about. Go ahead.
0: Well, I can, I can tell you how Excel legacy started. And so I had my own business. One of the businesses that I had was, um, a business, uh, employer sponsored healthcare, healthcare business with 200 employees. And we started getting approached by PE firms to buy our business and, Uh, One of them offered us 30% over fair market value. Now, I'm 67 years old, and this was just three years ago. Okay, so at 64, and many business owners are approaching this age or older. If somebody offers you 30% over fair market value, you want to listen, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And so we wanted to listen to them and we were in the process of thinking of selling, but it was a roll up and we knew it was a roll up from another state and we knew that our employees our 200 families, not just employees, but 200 families would be in jeopardy. If they moved, if they shut our business down and moved to the other state and I, I serve on boards. So there was a a board that I served on that a, a member of that board was right down the road from us. He worked for a 150 year old company for 40 years, along with all the employees, his wife included, he was the president and CEO, his wife was the CFO and That company was generational. So it was the granddaughters that took it over. When they took it over, they didn't understand the legacy of that business. And the first PE firm that came, and I I don't have anything against PE firms. I'd like to state that up front. But the PE firm that came up and offered them whatever they offered them, I have no idea, but they sold. Seven hours. The employees were given seven hours to clear out their belongings after 40 plus years of service for these employees, and the company was shutting down and moving to another location. So, I had that in the back of my head when we were approached. I had that experience from the board I sit on, and so. I started trying to make arrangements and talking to attorneys that I could have contracts in place for our employees. I was shooting for two years, to be honest with you, that they would be in place for two years before they did anything. And then one day, my husband, there were five, six of us as partners and our partners wanted to sell. They, I mean, 30% over fair market value, what business owner wouldn't really? So I don't blame them one bit for wanting to sell. But I was trying to put these protection, this protection in place for our employees. And so my husband and I met with a financial wealth management specialist. And all of a sudden I found out he was an attorney when we were meeting with him. And he said, I, so I started running by you know, what we were doing to him, and he said, well, you'll probably get six months, not two years. To be realistic, they'll probably give you six months. But then he said, you know, after listening to you for two hours talk about what's going to happen to those 200 families, and not how you're going to sail off into the sunset, with 30% over fair market value, I think you'd be better off as an ESOP," he said. "Do you know what an ESOP is?" And we said, "Well, yeah, we have clients that are ESOPs, aren't they employee-owned companies?" And he said, "Yes, but do you know what the benefits are?"
2: And we didn't. And he laid out the seven benefits. That it was so.
0: Uh, The word I can use was, uh, I had no idea that anything like this was available. It almost seemed too good to be true. Or was it even legal? Okay. Because some of the stuff he was saying. And so I took it back to the partners who quickly reminded me that we were, getting fair mar- we were getting 30% of our fair market value and ESOPs only guaranteed fair market value. So it was kind of a non-starter. And then fast forward a week later, we had a meeting of the first face-to-face meeting with the client and the PE firm. And at that meeting, they lowered their purchase price down to fair market value what i didn't know at that time is there's a term for that it's called deal creep i didn't know that they they offer they offer a substantial amount to knock out all the competitors then once you're in with them and you're going down this path then they lower the purchase price so When they lowered it to fair market value, I said to the other partners, I said, you guys, it's only going south from here. We're at fair market value right now. And ESOPs offer fair market value as one of their benefits. And so that's how I got everybody on board. Because getting six people on board and agreeing to the same thing is not always easy. Sometimes it's like herding cats, right? (laughs) So, we decided to go down the path of the ESOP, and the rest is history. But if you'd like me to share the benefits of ESOPs, I can definitely do that.
1: Yes, you spoke of seven of them. I'd like to. I'd like to hear them.
0: So, number one, I've already talked about: you're guaranteed fair market value for your shares. Mm. So, and and it gets even better. You don't have to go to a broker and pay that broker. You don't have to look for a buyer, which I can tell you right now that only 20% of the businesses out there that are for sale sell. So what are your options, close or sell? With an ESOP, you don't have to look for a buyer. As long as you meet the criteria of an ESOP, it's a 100% guaranteed sale. What are those benefits? What are those, those, that, that criteria? The criteria is number one, you have to have 15 employees or more that work 20 hours or more per week or a thousand hours or more per year, which takes into consideration the um, seasonal businesses, right? that they may get a bunch of hours in, in the summer, like a landscape company. So that's even taken into consideration. The second second piece of criteria is you need to have a million in trailing 12 months of EBITDA in order for the ESOP to actually pay for itself. And that's what we want for every business owner. We want you, to get fair market value and all the benefits and not have to take anything out of pocket. So that's why we set that that base at a million trailing 12 months EBITDA. So that's benefit number two. Benefit or benefit number, yeah, number two. Benefit number three is that your company after it becomes an ESOP, it becomes a tax free entity, both state and federal. So, and it becomes that because you, an ESOP is a retirement plan. So, what we help you do is transition to an S Corp. So, when the, the monies flow through and it hits a retirement plan, the entire company becomes a tax free entity, both state and federal. Well, wow. so that's a That's a company benefit. Okay. You know what that opens you up to that opens you up to having a budget to hire employees that you didn't have the budget to hire before. So it gives you a competitive edge. It also opens you up to increasing your fit footprint by uh, buying other businesses. Okay. That you may not have had the resources for before. So that's benefit number three. Benefit number four is as an owner, you can defer your capital gains indefinitely with what's called a 1042 exchange. And I'm talking about the entire sales price of your company, you can defer indefinitely by investing no more than what you would have invested in paying capital gains. So if it's 20%, you'd invest no more than 15 to 20% in these US stocks or bonds that your heirs, you can leave them until your death, your heirs would take them out because of the step up in basis, they would not have to pay capital gains. So my question is, do you want to pay that to in capital gains or do you want to pay that to the 1042 or your heirs? I think we both know the answer to that, right, Tom?
2: Yes. Yes,
0: 100%. So, that's benefit number 4.
2: Benefit number 5, the employees of the company become the,
0: the, there's a transfer of wealth that happens and it's not coming from the owner because remember the owner is guaranteed fair market value. So they're already being paid fair market value for their shares. The company on behalf of the employees buys out the shareholders. So, so it's a win, win, win the shareholders get paid fair market value, the company becomes a tax-free entity, and now the employees. This is a retirement fund like a 401k, but instead of investing in other companies, it invests in itself, okay? There are baggers in grocery stores that have over a million dollars in their retirement fund. There are managers with over four to five million in their retirement fund because this is a tremendous wealth transfer. So, what 401k, may I ask, can guarantee that? None. Or any retirement fund for that matter. It's literally life changing for the people that helped you build your business. And if you want stats on it, just watch the YouTube videos on Clif and their story. They went from competing with Nestle's and Kraft in the early 2000s to creating an ESOP in 2010
2: to selling. First of all, they were offered um, $120
0: million by General Mills when they were competing with Nestle's and Kraft, they decided against it. And in 2022, they sold to a company. Remember that was 120, 120 million. They sold to a company after their ESOP was created for $2.9 billion in June of 2022. Yeah, and guess who gets to partake in that? the people that helped them build their company. So if you look online, you'll see cliff bar videos of employees who said and are saying, and, and nothing, I haven't seen anything since 2018. So I haven't seen anything since the sale. Prior to the sale, employees are saying, this helped me to dream again. I can now go fishing for peacock bass in Bolivia mm-hmm. because of what this company did for me. So imagine sitting with your grandpa at a lake house or in front of the ocean at a, at a oceanfront house. And he tells the story of we wouldn't have this place if it wasn't for my employer who sold his company to us. Instead of somebody else, because that's the possibilities with an
2: ESOP. So that's benefit number five. Number six,
0: I had five other partners. So ESOPs are very flexible. So just like all other exit strategies that are kind of cut and dry and you all have to agree, right? If there's multiple shareholders. With an ESOP, if I wanted to sell 100% of my shares to the ESOP and one of my partners only wanted to sell 30, we could do that. Mm -hmm. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's a custom plan for every shareholder. At the end of the day, because of all the benefits of ESOP, every one of the partners of my company, and there were six of us, sold 100% of our shares. Because hands down, it was the best way to go. But it doesn't have to be that way if somebody wants to keep ownership. It does not have to be that. way. So benefit number seven. So this can be looked at as a negative. So everybody's Probably ask what are the negatives of ESOP? Because there's always negatives, right? What, I've only talked about the upside. What is the downside? The downside is that because a bank will not loan up to 100% of fair market value, you're going to have to take some sort of owner financing note. But because you've taken that owner financing note, you are given warrants in exchange for that note. Those warrants can be exchanged for up to 49.9% of the company that you could get back and resell to the company. Now, I have never witnessed more than 30 to 40% being, uh, available for shareholders through these warrants. but. The government allows, as of 2004, they allow over up to 49.9%. And what does that mean? That means the company's value after your loan is paid off, your owner financing loan is paid off. You can look at the value of the company and you will be able to resell to the company 30 to 40% of shares made available to you through these warrants. So what I mean is, and I'll give you an example. There's a company here in town, in Milwaukee, that sold to the ESOP for 25 million, (coughs) excuse me. They added on four other portfolio companies at the time we transitioned. And they were now a $100 million company. So if the owner had 30% of warrants coming back to them, that would have meant they would have additional $30 million within about five or six years after that loan is paid off, coming back to them. So $25 million on the first swing, and then an additional thirty on the second Bite of the apple. But it gets even better because you can share that with the employees that helped you grow the company because it's two buckets in the second by the apple. One is the owner bucket, one is the management incentive bucket. And so you can split that. The owner has the option to split that any way they want. I will tell you on average, we see about a 20 to 30 split. 20% in the owner bucket, 10%
2: in the management incentive bucket. But if, <coughs> excuse me, I have to. If you take that company as an example, they would
0: have had an additional $20 million coming to them at 20% in their bucket. And then there would have been $10 million to split between the owner the leadership team. So let's say there were five people in the leadership team. They would have each been handed a check for $2 million, five to six years into this, into the ESOP. This has nothing to do with the retirement fund that I told you about earlier, where clerks or baggers or secretaries or receptionists have a million or more in their retirement fund. Or managers four to five million. This is totally separate from that. So, that it are those are the seven benefits of an ESOP.
1: So, did you know all those benefits, Tom? I did not. I did not. I did That's not. That's why am doing, doing what
0: I'm doing. Yes, it needs
1: to be. It needs to be shared. Like people need to hear this because I, I'm aware that of the, um, the transition um from the owner to the owner or the owner group to the employees but i was not aware of all of those benefits um especially yeah the management bonus one is ideal because if you think about it after two years in the business it, it incentivizes them to stay instead of leave because that's going to be right. hard that transition where you're like you don't have anybody to like hey i need an answer for this and uh so it encourages them to to push through and to make it, you know, make it successful to that next that next level, and then because in two years, two three years, you get that bonus of two million dollars or like that is that is genius. I love it.
0: I know. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, that is Reading great. Yep, yeah, that's good. It's important. The world needs to hear it. The world needs more. So is it gaining traction? Are you finding people are receptive to it or are you finding owners that don't want to don't want to give
0: every owner i've talked to are shocked why didn't i hear about this before is this even legal this seems too good to be true (laughs) it's like when they hear about it it's it's almost mind-boggling why didn't i know about this I felt the same way so did my partners
1: that's good so in every podcast I ask um, three questions and I I know the answer of I I feel like I know the answer to this first one but I I really want to hear it from you so how
2: does your business make people happy because
0: it creates a win-win-win the owners are rewarded with for all their hard work. Plus they can defer capital gains. Who doesn't wanna save on taxes, right? right?
2: Right, yeah.
0: And then their company, they can stay on and stay in control of their company for as long as they want. Their company becomes tax-free and the people that help them build it are rewarded. And it's a win-win-win.
2: It is,
1: it sure is. And then, how do you sustain a level of happiness while running your business?
2: Me personally? Mm-hmm. Every time I share my
0: story and, and share this, it, um, I, it's just a no brainer for me because I'm making
1: other people happy. You have to give it away to keep it, though. Um, kind of like an Aesop, you know, like you have to share that message. And you're creating that and you're creating that for other people. And it's, uh, it's quite phenomenal, you know, an ESOP really follows that premise and it's, uh, that's what the true, um, area of happiness is. And I found, you know, like I see it in some business owners that don't want to give their business away or give it up or give up control. But when they do, they realize the happiness on the other side of it. And, they wish they would have done it sooner and they wish they would have, um, you know, like, yeah, done it sooner so they can reap the benefits while they were still on board of the transition and the acceleration of their business to the next level. Cause it, it can become stagnant if the leadership team is not promoting change and innovation and new ideas, like not needing paper, you know, that's a difficult one for some businesses, but it's, 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 available and working from home that's another option too and some some business owners just uh it's going to take some time
0: it is and uh, we went through that as well as a company with the paper versus digital so i can relate to that pain point for sure
1: (laughs) yeah it's there it exists there's no doubt about it if you could give a message to the world from a business perspective what would that be?
0: That with this, this exit strategy available, my advice would be: you don't even need a you don't even need to find an, a a business or a, a a buyer. Sell it to your employees. Let them carry on your legacy. Because when you started your business, yes, you wanted to make money. There's no doubt about that. There's not a business owner out there that does not want to supply their family with resources to live and to enjoy life. But there are people out there that helped you do that. They put in the extra hours when there are crises. And those are the people that you need to consider first before you consider selling to somebody that could hurt them. And I have many stories about people that were hurt by companies that were sold to third parties. And and I look at it this way as well. If you sell to your employees, your legacy goes on. If you sell to a third party, your legacy, everything that you built, no matter how many years you've been in business, stops right there. Now you may may be fortunate enough to sell to somebody that carries on your legacy, but a percentage of the time that's not true. And so my advice is take care of the people that helped you build that company and carry on your legacy.